0: For complete details.
1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS
2: Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a
1: spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
2: What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it
0: again. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave,
2: Jamie, Heath, and Ben.
0: Everyone who knows this podcast knows that Wednesday shows are my favorite shows, and I am ready talk about some trade value here i love it michael thomas what should you get or give for michael thomas uh, what about jonathan taylor i'm trying to make a trade offer right now involving jonathan taylor and dave is shutting it down shutting it down um and welcome everybody megan style no exceptions adam that is dave hello heath hi adam what's the matter heath there's grump- nothing the matter at all grumpy
1: it's a wonderful morning. I'm not grumpy at all. I don't think I even received any A's or offers last night, so I have nothing to be grumpy about.
2: <laughs> he didn't try and trade you some spur of the wide receiver for the next great breakout tight end.
0: I I offered Dave Sammy Watkins for Noah Fant, and it was turned down. What What would you like? Go ahead, look at my team. What would you would you take Darius Slayton for Noah Fant?
2: Ooh. That would at least be a little more interesting, but probably not. Real. <laughs> Wow. I mean, maybe, 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 maybe. That's, wow. Okay. All right. All right. Well,
0: we'll work on it. Michael Thomas is the lead here. We're going to talk about him and his trade value. And then Jonathan Taylor, we'll give you the news and the notes. We got some player debates today. Austin Eckler versus Kenyon Drake versus Jonathan Taylor. Adam Thielen versus Calvin Ridley versus Chris Godwin. We'll just kind of reassess some, some value right now. We will preview the Thursday night game and give you risers and fallers and read your emails and your Apple podcast questions later on in the show. What is your overall level of enthusiasm for the Thursday night game? I, unfortunately, I, am, I think I'm about a three. I think the Browns are boring. What do you
2: think? I actually a Fanton Slayton is even on the trade chart. Hey. Maybe I'll give maybe I'll give it some legitimate thought. Yes, I will. Yeah. Um I am excited for any football game at this point. I mean,
0: yes, I I look, of course I'm excited for football, but we can be honest. Some games I'm more excited about than others. Browns but Bengals this, is not really even with Burrow. I don't know. I'm not really No, late.
1: this this is a fascinating game. Really. Mm-hmm. Um you've got the is Kevin Stefanski as bad as last year. And so, oh, it actually wasn't the coaching last year. Baker Mayfield's just terrible angle. You've got the Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb angle. I think. How about the Joe
2: Burrow angle?
1: Joe Burrow. I think the Odell Beckham and A.J. Green might just be exceptional by low candidates at wide receiver. And that might be ruined on Thursday night. I think they might both be awesome in that game. So,
2: yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see it. I think both Bengals receivers are excellent by low candidates right now. Green looked great. I know that the yeah. stat line doesn't say it, but he looked really good out there on in week one.
0: Yeah, I know. He had two almost touchdowns.
2: You got to love him. It's really good, yeah. He was wide both open for one, for and him. Burrow missed him. And so did you go back and
0: watch that game?
2: I watched parts of it. I uh, What I came back away from it was that the Bengals' defense is still not great. Their offensive line is terrible. It is like we talked up, well, it'll be a little bit better with Jonah Williams there and all that. Oh my God, it's bad and it's getting worse. They're starting Billy Price at right guard against Cleveland, and the one thing the Browns' defense did remotely well in Week One was slow down the run of the Ravens. So I, I'm I'm a little nervous about Joe Mixon this week. I think Bill, you're going to start him anyway, but he could end up having some tough times. And 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 he didn't passing down, so it was Gio. I- so. Uh, It's gonna it could be frustrating. We could be looking at a buy low opportunity for Mixon here in a couple of days.
1: I actually have both Brown's running backs ranked ahead of Joe Mixon right now. Um
0: he did get what 19 carries? Yes, right?
2: Yeah, something like
1: that. It's funny that like he got I think in that game, he and Austin Eckler received the exact same workload. And, like, exactly. warning alarms going off all over the place for first-round pick Austin Eckler. And everybody's just like, yeah, Joe Mixon got 19 carries. No, I
0: think there's no, definitely there some concern about Joe Mixon. Mixon too. Based on tweets and emails, I'm seeing some concern about Mixon. But this happens. I mean, uh, you know, it, 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 this happens. Uh, people freak out about offensive lines. And they, they're all right to do it. But well,
1: I think the bigger concern is the fact that Team Geo got five targets in that game. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see if it's a trend. All right, we're going to preview They're that game concerns. in a little bit. Let's talk about Michael Thomas. So he's he's not convinced that he's going to miss a lot of time, but there was a report that he'll miss several weeks. They're considering putting him on IR, which is only three weeks, at least three weeks uh, this year. He's got an ankle sprain, high ankle sprain, and you cert- certainly should not expect Michael Thomas this week. But what is his trade value? Give me a wide receiver that you would take that you would give up to get Michael Thomas at this point?
2: I've got him in the same spot in the trade chart as guys like Allen Robinson, Robert Woods. In non-PPR, he's there with A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, D.K. Metcalf. And that's on the assumption that he misses just a a few games and that when he comes back, he's mostly fine. That could be too big of an, an assumption. We've seen the high ankle sprain really slow down players in the past and it takes them a long time to get over. I don't don't I don't think people should just give away Michael Thomas. I think they just need to just wait this one out unless somebody comes with a really good offer.
1: Everyone who followed the Ben Gretsch method of drafting receivers needs to be going to make a trade-off for Michael Thomas. Because I agree with Dave of that range of wide receiver. You might go a little lower and be able to get him. You might have to pay a little bit more. But if you drafted four of those receivers from round two through six, and so you have a surplus of wide receivers... And you have a lot of guys in that range. That's exactly the team that should be going to try to trade for Thomas because you can still start three wide receivers. You can not use Thomas, find a flex somewhere else. And then when he comes back, you are just stacked.
2: Okay. And And that's the whole thing. Adam, Adam, that's the whole thing here. Whoever has Michael Thomas and be hot potato across fantasy leagues for the next couple of weeks, whoever ends up with him and is 500 or better when he comes back. I mean, in theory, you've got your ticket punch for the playoffs and you'll be a legit contender for the crown. So that's why I'm not going to be in such a huge hurry to dump Michael Thomas. But if two weeks from now, I'm 0-3, Michael Thomas is sitting on my bench, I need a win, that's when I'll start taking some offers on him.
0: Got to bring up Saquon Barkley, who came back too early from a high ankle sprain and was pretty lousy for a few weeks. And then he won. You know, he was a (laughs) league winner down the stretch. He was incredible. But you know got to bring that up he definitely was playing through something he said he had a he had a, a kind of a separate injury after he came back wasn't the same you know reaggravation but um he did come back pretty quickly so that that possibility does exist but it's a risk worth taking in the Robert Woods range something like that if you want to give up a wide receiver um Jonathan Taylor or Michael Thomas rest of the season
2: Taylor which i said yesterday
0: okay uh, um
1: yeah, I got called out on it. I'd, pro- I'd probably take Thomas and PPR. Really?
2: No, I mean, no. If we were redrafting today and you knew that you couldn't have Michael Thomas until maybe week five, and if not week five, then it's got to be week seven. You're really going to take him well, ahead of Jonathan Taylor? It's, po- But I think it's also possible it's week three or four. Okay, I'd be surprised. That would be That would be surprising, and I guess maybe that's baked into his value a little bit, and it's all the more reason why you shouldn't mortgage him off now
0: Uh, Jonathan Taylor let's talk oh wait you want to do a quick round of fantasy cops this is a fun one ready All right, fantasy cops are here David Ontario says we just had an 0-1 team trade Michael Thomas for Darius Slayton half PPR are we at the mercy of the no veto rule here it's a clear overreaction before we have any concrete info Michael Thomas for Darius Slayton what do the cops say
2: We've got a twenty six oh one on a dumbass trader in a fantasy league, but there's nothing we can do about it. Over.
0: <laughs> All
2: right. Cool. Thanks, dispatch.
0: Uh yeah, I mean, that's what I said too. I replied to the email said it's gotta stand. Is it that is it that bad of a trade? Grade the trade. It's bad. Okay. There right. is Darius, Darius Slayton was better than Thomas in week one, so
2: who will be better rest
0: of season? I think it's clearly Slayton. I mean, look how good he did that against the Steelers. Come on. Oh, goodness. All right, Jonathan Taylor. So he had six catches for 67 yards. He also had nine carries for 22 yards. Is he a first-round pick if we were drafting today?
2: I think he'd be pretty close. Because now there's no Marlon Mack. There's no one stopping him. He's got He's got that clear runway to fantasy football takeoff. Heath? He could very easily end up finishing as a top twelve fantasy running back. Heath, I don't think F- Heath is feeling it as much.
1: Um. Well, that's t- probably not surprising. But I would, I would say he's a second round pick. Okay. Um. It's just there's like there's only twelve spots in the first round, and um, I don't think I would. I'm not certain like he's going to just smash week 2 and smash from that point forward. I still expect Nahim Hines to get a pretty big share of the work since he did last week. Um I think Hines actually played 53% of the snaps in week 1. So I like I don't I think Tom Taylor is going to be good and I love the talent and I'd take him in the second round, but I don't think he's quite a first round pick.
2: Non-PPR, I think he could creep into the very end of round 1. Full PPR, no way. But I think I think he'd be close to like 17th 16th
0: or 17th. I mean Dave, in full PPR. You say full PPR no way, but he just had six catches. Like is this not the Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler backfield now just in a different time zone?
2: Uh it could be, but there's still the uh, is there still enough to go around? Is, is he really going to get six catches no. every single week? Or do we really think that he Hines is going to get eight catches every week?
1: Well, I think, I think it's, it's important to look at. And the same thing with Paris Campbell, like mm-hmm. they threw 46 passes. We were talking about this as one of the most run heavy teams. I think realistically we expect them to throw 33% fewer times moving forward on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So I think you can reduce everyone's like, But that still puts Jonathan Taylor at four catches.
0: I mean, I just, I think that my impression was going into the season that he would not, I don't know, not have a lot of catches, not have a lot of work in the passing game. Now I feel like he could be on pace for 50, which obviously, you know, it's a big number. But Uh, My
1: impression was that the Colts offensive line was like this behemoth that was the best in the league and it still might be really, really good. But the first week of evidence we saw was pretty crappy.
0: I think it's going to be pretty good. I mean, come on, like I do too. I, I can't sit here. I, we, well, if there's a
2: concern, it's Philip Rivers.
0: They had a bad game. They, ha- they had a bad week. You know, um, I don't want to overreact too much, but I don't think there's any way you can look at the Colts' offensive line and not consider it to be a major strength at this point. Yep. Right. One game well, in, unless it looks like it did week, week one and week two. Uh,
2: maybe. Sure, sure, sure. But you, if you see, if you had seen some of the other offensive lines around the league you would take the Colts in a heartbeat. You would say, that's a good offensive line.
0: Yeah. You know what else you should take in a heartbeat? How about some Mm. free money from Honey? Join Honey.com slash FFT. It's a browser extension. Pop it on. It takes like five seconds to put on your computer. And then it saves you money when you shop online. Dave, didn't you say your kids use Honey all the time?
2: They use it constantly when they spend my money on things like um, impulse purchases like desks and pillows.
0: Yes. And for me, it's when I'm grocery shopping, I save money with Honey. Uh, when I get like uh, these headphones right here, I remember, bought these a few years ago with Honey, and I saved like uh, three or four bucks on them. Uh, so I bought a Miami Hurricanes poster a few weeks ago, and I was it was supposed to go behind me right here on the wall, but didn't have any room for it. Saved 10 uh, percent. I remember whatever. I think it was 10. Yeah, it was 10 percent with honey. So how does it work? You know, we all shop online and you you know, oh, enter a promo code. I don't have a promo code. Well, honey, if you have the browser extension, it just looks for all the promo codes and it finds one and it applies it and it saves you money. It's so easy, you don't have to do anything. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's free browser extension and it scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one. Uh, and It uh, finds the best one and applies it to your cart. So you don't have to lift a finger to save money. You just go to joinhoney.com slash FFT and you install it. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. Go shopping. Get whatever you need. Get some clothes. Back to school stuff. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. And I use it all the time. So do Dave's kids. So take it from us. If you don't already have it, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free. It installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you're doing yourself a solid and you are supporting the Fantasy Football Today podcast. And we very, very much appreciate that. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com FFT. Joinhoney.com FFT. And once you get it, by the way, you'll tell all your friends and your family about it because there's just no reason not to have Honey. All right. James Conner has not been ruled out for week two. We shall see. But his right tackle, Zach Banner, is out for the season. And re- and guard, Stefan Wisniewski, for the Steelers will be questionable this week. Le'Veon Bell is on IR. He'll miss at least three weeks. The Jets signed Kalen Balage. Heath, uh will oh, fix it. Give me your thoughts on the Jets' backfield.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> Nobody. They got San Francisco, then the Colts, then the Broncos the next three games. You
1: you don't want to do any of
0: that. Were there any leagues that you guys picked? I think I did put in a bid for Frank Gore. I, I dropped no dropping Marlon Mack. I
2: dropped Marlon Mack, and I just was like,
0: maybe he gets 15 carries and can fall in the end zone. I won't
2: start him. but I felt kind of icky putting in a bid for Chris Herndon. Like t- Just having any Jets right now doesn't feel amazing. I know James and Crowder, Targets Targets, Herndon Targets Targets, but it's the Jets.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it is the Jets. Crowder had a Crowder, as much as we love him, we're gonna, I think we're going to talk about him later. He had a pretty fluky touchdown. Yeah. Uh, um, all right, what more? Denzel Mims is on IR for the Jets. Offensive Offensive holding calls were down 78% in week 1 compared to week 1 2019. That's going to be good for fantasy.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder if that was just a mandate from the league that we don't want this first week of football to be awful and we know they haven't had any preseason, so don't
2: call everything. Maybe they did still call some things like offensive pass interference <laughs> too, too many times.
0: Jeez, <laughs> oh, man. I, it's weird for me to feel bad for the Cowboys, but
2: I felt really bad for the Cowboys Be impartial.
0: Yeah, and the thing was, it's not like, oh, they caught that ball, they are going to tie the game. They could have won the game. They were set Plus up for at least a shot or two.
2: It's a, it's easy to be impartial when you know your team's not going anywhere this year. <laughs> uh,
0: Philip Lindsay's status is uncertain for the week. The 49ers signed Mohamed Sanu. Any interest in Mohamed Sanu?
2: No. Um, and Lindsay has turf toe. He's got a case of turf toe, and that's usually a very frustrating injury to deal with. Sounds cute. Turf toe, but it's <laughs> it's not. It's it's painful. I would be surprised if he plays.
0: The way you say it, it does sound cute. Yes, turf toe. It's Philip Lindsay's turf toe. We're gonna say it like that every time. <laughs> uh How
2: about right. Let's just take one of the most debilitating injuries a player can have and make it sound cute.
0: How about Brandon Ayuk?
2: It's a torn Achilles.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, the how about a torn ACL, Dave? will call it the adorable, cute ligament. <laughs> oh God! How about Brandon Ayuk? even Heath is cracking a smile. He's cracking a smile, folks. Ayuk's thirty-four percent rostered. Gets the Jets this week and the Giants next week, and he's probably their lead receiver. Maybe in his first game uh, if he plays this week, which is and a good maybe chance. no
2: George Kittle.
0: That's right. Oh, a little sleeper here, Brandon Ayuk, thirty-four yeah. percent.
2: Yeah, I think he qualifies.
0: Okay. Uh, Philadelphia had some injuries defensively. Defensive end Vinnie Curry and defensive back Craig James, they could miss multiple weeks. They were already without Derek Barnett, but he might be able to play this week, another one of their
2: defensive ends. And Brandon Graham's going to be okay? Uh, I don't know. Is that a question? Yes, that's why I asked you.
0: I I couldn't tell. It was like a half question mark on the end of that.
2: I will do the research. If he's out, that's a big problem. Uh, Denver, well, not for the Rams.
0: Cornerback AJ Boye likely out this week with a shoulder injury. KJ Hamler could return this week at wide receiver for yeah, the Broncos. Okay. Cortland Sutton, not sure.
2: No, Brandon Graham's in the concussion protocol. Jeez, they're beat if up. If he doesn't play, yeah, they're they. I, I was worried about this. They're that team. Mm. They're that team. They're gonna. They're the Chargers of the East, and, like worse than usual.
0: And Allen Robinson wants a new contract. Heath doesn't seem happy about it. There's, you know, did he request a trade? Is he requesting a trade? His agent says no, but never a good situation. Uh, so do you approach Alan Robinson as the squeaky wheel is going to get greased or this is a bad situation or neither?
1: I'm not letting it factor into my week two rankings at all. I don't think, like, generally speaking, you don't like it if receivers get traded. It doesn't sound particularly likely that he's going to get traded. But if he did, any concern over learning a new offense would be made up by the fact that he'd probably have a much better quarterback. So, yeah, I'm just not
0: paying it any attention at all. And Anthony Miller is still rostered in just 66% of leagues, so... That could be yeah. He's something that he's a out.
1: weird one because he did get the touchdown on week one, but he played like forty two percent of the snaps.
0: And I was bringing that up too. It's like his touchdown was so I don't want to say fluky, but it's it, it was like a. It dime. was the
2: only really good play he made in the game. Yeah,
0: it's, it, it's just the fact like they they've got the Giants and the Falcons in their next two games. Yeah.
1: What I wrote yesterday was you need to add him just in case he blows up in one of these two games, but. I don't think there's anything from week one that would tell you that you should use him as a starter.
0: Not even in the matchup against the Giants? Yeah, it's a pretty good matchup. No. Yeah, I mean,
1: I. It's, he has like the Chase Claypool role.
2: What does I mean, that I mean?
0: Maybe. <laughs>
1: a part-time player?
0: Like, yeah.
1: like he. He's not getting 10 targets like Deontay Johnson, we don't think, and he's not Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm talking about they just played the Giants, so in that matchup... Like, I don't if he's a five target guy, maybe he scores a touchdown.
0: Okay. all right, let's do some player debates. I was going to take a look at the most added list, but taking a look at the most added list would essentially be doing the waiver wire show over and over again. But Heath, you know, Heath, you weren't on the waiver wire show. So would you like to give me your quick thoughts on Malcolm Brown and Josh Kelly and Naeem Hines and Benny Snell?
1: I prioritized Heinz. I was just looking through like the results of our waivers. I'm not sure that I got any of them in any of our leagues. <laughs> in one league, Benny Snell went for 80%. Uh, I prioritized Heinz first, uh, then Snell, then Malcolm Brown, then Kelly. I am pretty excited about all of them. I'm a little bit worried that like a lot of people are going to spend half their fab on Benny Snell and James Conner is going to play next week. So that was the one that I felt a little bit wishy-washy on. I'm going to be starting Malcolm Brown in a couple leagues, and Naeem Hines, I expect to be a top 20 running back in PPR for the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, we were talking about it on Twitch last night. Uh, who would you rather have, James White or Naeem Hines? And uh, Jay- we did a poll on Twitch, and James and Naeem, Naeem, Hines, James ran, Hines, one. Na- Naeem Hines ran away with it. And that, that was my vote. And uh, Jamie my vote. Jamie started out on James White, and he was like, no, you know what, I think it's Naeem Hines. Um. So, Dave agreed. Unanimous. No.
2: No. Really. I'll go. I'll go. With James White. Okay. All
0: right. Uh. Yeah. So the thing is, I didn't get any of them because th- almost all of them were rostered in almost every league I was in. There was some Benny Snell. I don't think I was in one league where Josh Kelly, Malcolm Brown, or Naeem Hines were available. I couldn't believe that. Maybe a ten. Maybe our stupid ten-team league, Keith, that we already have the worst team in the world. Um. But uh, did, did you do waiver claims? for I that did. League? Yeah, Good, thanks. I put in one waiver claim. I don't know if we got anyone. (laughs) But uh, our team sucks. We need Miles Sanders back. I did pick up Robbie
1: Anderson in a couple of leagues.
2: I picked up Traquan Smith in a couple of leagues where I couldn't get Robbie Anderson or Mike Williams or any other receivers. Just to speculate, we know that he's got a window to finally prove himself. I, I learned something interesting. He's played 27 games. He's had only 11 where he's had three or more targets. He has eight touchdowns in those 11 games. I, I, I wonder if he could end up being a, a Trae Juan Smith replacement. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's never really had an opportunity like this because Michael Thomas never gets hurt. And now here he is, presumably, the number one outside receiver for the New Orleans Saints.
0: We have a team named Zero Flex given in our in our podcast for the People League. That's good. It's a great name. Oh, Heath, we got John Brown for three dollars. We dropped Jalen Rager. I picked up Mike Williams for three dollars in
1: another league. So I'm pretty happy about that. You know, those
2: are both good moves.
0: Robbie Anderson, like another guy who had kind of a long fluky-ish not Mm totally like he he can make plays you know sometimes it's gonna happen Robbie Anderson does but Curtis Samuel got the same amount of targets as Robbie Anderson here's the and yes Christian McCaffrey got very
1: few targets the thing is like we've seen Robbie Anderson for four years in the NFL now and when he gets targets he's a very good wide receiver Curtis Samuel has mostly been bad as a wide receiver in the NFL so I like, if you're telling me Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson are both getting seven to eight targets or six to eight targets per week, I would assume Robbie Anderson's going to be a top 25 wide receiver and Curtis Samuel's going to be a low end flex. All
0: right, I'm going to lay it down right now. There is no way Robbie Anderson is going to be a top 25 wide
2: receiver. Okay. Do you <laughs> think there's absolutely a way it it's could not happen? happening? keep like he
1: was a he was a top 25 receiver on the Jets. You overrate him Once. so severely. Once. Like
2: uh. I don't I don't think he's necessarily a bad receiver. I think he's played with bad quarterbacks. Yes. He's he's the other side of the Allen Robinson Rainbow. Where Allen Robinson has done really good things with bad quarterbacks. Robbie has not because the quarterbacks have just been bad and he's just not as good good of an, over, an all-around receiver as Allen Robinson. He's faster than him. But this this Panthers offense, they did in Week 1 what we thought they would do, and that's throw quite a bit. Lots of short and, and mid-range throws. They only throws threw 34 the times. That was a weird thing. I, that still seems like a lot to me for Teddy Bridgewater.
0: Yeah, well, it's no Carson Wentz, which we'll, I think we'll talk about a little bit later. Eight straight games with 40 or more pass attempts. Nine straight with 39 or more pass attempts. And um, we will get into that. All right. Player debates. So let's go running backs. Austin Eckler versus Kenyon Drake versus Jonathan Taylor. Austin Eckler versus Kenyon Drake versus Jonathan Taylor.
2: How is would this you for what is this for week two or rest of season rest of or season, what?
0: Rest of season. Uh, how would you rank them? Eckler, Drake, Taylor.
2: Taylor's first.
0: Yeah. Good then.
2: Oh, I got to I got to finish this. <laughs> yeah. Drake and then Eckler. Which, and I'm not saying that Eckler's bad and, you know, get him off your team. He's he's terrible for your fantasy chances, but I just, I feel a little bit better about Drake and I feel really good about Taylor. Yeah, I'd probably go Eckler, Taylor, Drake. You still have Eckler one
0: over Taylor. Yeah. Uh, talk about that because people are a little worried about Austin Eckler and the one target
1: yeah and i did lower my expectation for his um receiving potential based on that one game but i didn't like crater it to where i think he's getting one target a game now. Right. i still expect him to be more involved in the passing game than he was. i love the fact that they gave him that many carries listen if he's going to be a 20 touch a game back then even if a lot most of those are rushes he can still be a worthy of a first round pick. we made joe mixon a first round pick this year
0: Okay. Uh, Adam Thielen versus Calvin Ridley versus Chris Godwin. Thielen, Ridley, and Godwin. How would you rank them?
2: Uh, I don't think I would change anything. Godwin, Godwin, Ridley, Thielen. Godwin, Ridley, Thielen, but they're very, very close in the rest of season rankings. In fact, Godwin and Ridley are in a dead heat in non-PPR. If you guys along the
0: way see any buy lows or sell highs that you want to discuss in these groups, you know, um, fire away. It sounds like Eckler would be one.
2: Eckler would be one. Can we pick names that aren't necessarily in the groups but might be near them? Sure. Or do we strictly have to go with the names that you're giving? (laughs) No, no. I mean, Wednesday shows are trade shows. So. Okay. Alan Robinson, after one week, and now all this trade talk, rumorage, I think that you could uh, make the case that he's a little by low. Okay. Some people might be disenchanted after one week.
0: Jared Cook versus Noah Fant versus Austin Hooper. Jared Cook, Fant, Hooper. How would you rank them?
2: Fant is first, and then I would. I'm probably going to have to say Cook, and then Hooper. Cook, because of the Thomas injury, does have a chance to be a steady starter.
1: Yeah, I'd say Fant, Cook, big gap bigger
2: gap. enormous oh gap. It's the Grand Canyon, everybody.
0: <laughs> well, i put Hooper on there because Najoku's out now. So I didn't know if maybe that made you more confident. Harrison Bryant
1: had the same number of targets <laughs> as Austin Hooper in week 1. I okay, just used
2: did, the same voice to describe the Grand Canyon as I did Turf Toe.
0: <laughs> but like, do you think come on, they spent a lot of money on a lot of money on Austin Hooper. It's one game. You know, Harrison Bryant's not going to have the same amount of targets as Austin Hooper this year.
1: They spent like, a third-round pick on Harrison
2: Bryant? They spent a lot um, of money no. on A day-three pick on Harrison Bryant. I Bryan. don't
1: think he will have the same number of targets as Austin Hooper. I do think that when they have a lead, they're going to run the ball even more than they did against Baltimore. And I don't think there are enough targets for Austin Hooper. Like, Dave thought that he or said earlier before in the preseason that Austin Hooper would be the red zone guy and score touchdowns and make up like like an Eric Ebron type year from a couple years ago and that could still happen I, I'm not saying give up on Austin Hooper I don't think anybody though has made the argument that he might get six targets a game like he was in Atlanta right and so I, I, he's behind, quite a ways behind these guys
2: so I've gotten a lot of tweets saying can I can I dump Austin Hooper already? I don't feel like he's going to do anything. And there's you know a bunch of tight ends on the waiver wire. And I'm also getting the same type of tweets about Hayden Hurst. And I'm I, you know I came around on this and put Hurst ahead of Hooper in the preseason. And I imagine that if if you clearly see a better tight end on the waiver wire, someone who impressed you in week one, who has the chance to continue impressing, Cook and Fant being two right off the top of my head, TJ Hawkinson would be a third. Make the switch. Go ahead, because I don't think there's going to be a mad... R- this is for Hooper, make the switch. Hurst, I'm not quite as... I feel as good about. I'd almost rather to carry Hurst and the other tight end. But I don't think there's going to be a mad rush to go get Austin Hooper off the waiver wire at this point. Remember, he was getting drafted late. So if, 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 you're, if you're nervous about him, you can move on from him already.
0: All right, next up, Todd Gurley versus Melvin Gordon versus Chris Carson. Gurley, Gordon, Carson, how do you rank them? Carson,
2: Gurley, Gordon. Carson, and I've got Gordon one spot ahead of Gurley, and I believe it's because of the Philip Lindsay injury.
0: What about this schedule for Gordon? Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Jets, Patriots, next four games.
2: Yeah, it's not good.
1: That's really, really bad.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Could be a
1: lot of touches. You
2: could try and sell high on Melvin Gordon, but I think a, a... a halfway savvy fantasy manager will not pony up a ton. I've got him; as the same value as Michael Thomas. And
1: Nathan. I would, I would see if I could trade Melton. Mel- this is like this is going to sound ridiculous to us, probably, but I think it will work in some leagues. I would try to see if I could trade Melvin Gordon for Austin Eckler.
0: No, it's not ridiculous at all. I mean, you know, Gordon's coming off a strong game, and you I- got to throw in something else with it. And if you do, I think it can happen. He's coming off a strong game and, and he, it might not be a great idea I mean he, like he's he might be a really good running back this year but but you, you have to get but Eckler obviously could too I mean in general sell, selling uh, Melvin Gordon um, but no these matchups really suck for him and that is a shame so it doesn't sound like you guys are too concerned about Chris Carson only getting six carries.
2: what I said on HQ um, yesterday at noon was that if you could turn Chris Carson into Joe Mixon, that would be outstanding. Because uh, you have to be a little worried about him only getting six carries. Catching touchdowns is not something that we have come to know Chris Carson for. Although it, he is the best pass-catching back that Seattle has right now. It's it's kind of weird to think of him as consistently getting that amount of work and certainly that type of touchdown. I mean, even one touchdown every three games through the air would be ridiculous for him. I was I was hoping to get more carries from Chris Carson and we didn't get it.
1: I was too. And I am like a little bit worried about this committee situation, but I also think that like, I don't think it's fair to Chris Carson to say, well, he only got six carries in week one. So that's a problem. And there's no way he's getting six receptions every week. Like we're giving him no credit for the good thing that happened in week one and dinging him for the bad thing that happened in week one. And whereas maybe it's that neither of those things are going to hold up after week one, or both of those things are going to hold up after week one.
2: But Heath, the Seahawks built a nice lead in this game. And, you know, it's but they not like it they, th- they, they did Chris a Carson. uh Well, partially, yeah. Yeah, the two touchdowns early on went to Carson's way. But why they, it's almost like, it's almost like their offensive philosophy changed. And they decided yeah. instead of running the football a ton, they wanted their quarterback to do things yep, and and it worked and maybe that's something that they keep doing and that might be great to let a certain somebody quote unquote cook it kind of stinks for Chris Carson because now he's not this you know partial centerpiece of the offense that's going to be good for 15 touches a week
1: right but if they are going to let Russ cook and Mm. Chris Carson is the passing downs back then, like, would you rather have 14 carries and two catches a week, or 10 carries and five catches a week?
2: I'd rather have 10 carries and five catches per week. That's so. I think no that's brainer. like that's
1: what you're hoping is that it's going to be this more pass-centric thing, and Chris Carson's going to be the guy that catches most of the passes. But most weeks, it will be like 10 carries instead of six. If it's six every week, I agree. We're Chris Carson
2: fantasy managers are screwed. Yeah. I, I think 10 is also troubling. Because he's not going to catch two touchdowns every week. I, I think he's, they're probably going to run get the five ball. Catches, but what if he only gets 20 yards on the five catches and then he's only got eight or 10 carries with if it? If he gets
1: five catches a week, he's catching 80 passes. So we don't, like, it's fine. He's great.
2: Like I mean, look, six carries a week. Even for a team that's
0: pass happy, they ran very little. So yeah. the carries have to come up. I mean, there's, like, six carries is crazy. And he's better than Carlos Hyde. I don't know. All right, well look, I'm glad I'm glad you guys aren't really freaked out about it. So you guys both put Carson ahead of Gurley and Gordon. Uh let's do one more here. Let's do uh Josh Allen versus Deshaun Watson versus Matt Ryan. How would you rank Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan?
2: They are literally back to back to back in the trade chart. Watson, Allen, Ryan. Watson, Ryan, Allen. So you I don't want to say you're not buying what Josh Allen did. Or maybe I am because it, it look, it was a career best game for him. He finished as the number one fantasy quarterback. Is that right in week one? No, maybe Rogers two? did. Rogers sure. was the best. Allen was really close. He was great. Um, I think I think the rushing is here to stay. After all,
1: y- yeah, the rushing were, like the thing that I don't know. And it was really weird. Like eighty percent of their plays in this game were Josh Allen passes or Josh Allen rushes. Um, he threw 46 passes and ran it 14 times. And like on a per pass attempt basis, he was the same guy. He was six mm-hmm. and a half yards per attempt, four percent touchdown rate. Like, there was not a statistical improvement in his passing in week one, other than the fact that he threw it 20 more times than he normally gets to. So I just haven't really changed my opinion on Josh Allen yet. If if they are going to throw it forty times a game? Then he's obviously going to be awesome. Um,
0: if they face the Jets right. every week, he's going to be awesome too. That's <laughs> that's, that's a true. good point. Say yeah. that. <laughs> All this
2: right. Is, it, it, I, I'm wrestling with whether or not this is an easy matchup for him against Miami, because I, I, maybe it's not going to be quite as easy as as everybody believes. Dolphins still have a lot of talent in that secondary, yeah, and they do. You know, Cam Cam didn't throw that much. He had some success when he did throw it. Um, we'll see. Break. I think I just he do know, what the game did last on. week. Right, right, right. That's probably going to be what Josh Allen does. Um, did did you guys watch that game? How much of that game did you guys see?
0: Very Bills little. Jets.
2: No, yeah, yeah.
1: Bills Jets. I saw some. I didn't see. I saw very little of Dolphins. I'm talking Jets. Bills Jets. Okay.
0: Yeah, mean, I mean, I, I saw. I like, saw like I saw some, and I was like, gosh, Josh Allen. I mean, he's such a better fantasy quarterback than he is an actual quarterback.
2: Right. So, like, how many of those plays do you think were like? like playground type place. Like sometimes I felt like I was watching Uh, a kid playing on, on the street, you know?
0: Yeah. It's just whether that will work against uh,
2: average defenses. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And, And the thing about the dolphins, like Cam Newton, he had a lot of rushing yards. He ran for five yards per carry, which is his average in his career. Um, and he carried yeah. the ball 15 times, which is a career high for him in regulation. So it's not like you look at the Dolphins and say, "Oh, they did a horrible job against Cam Newton." No, they did what what Cam Newton normally does. That was a normal Cam Newton output, but he just had a ton of carries. And oh. their secondary could be really good. Like the Dolphins might not have that bad of a defense. They have a, a pretty new defense, so I don't it's know. Also it's worth tough
1: mentioning, match. and it was very few pass attempts, but he also completed like. Seventy-five percent of his passes, yep. and averaged eight yards per pass attempt. Okay, like fair enough. Very, very efficient on the few passes he did throw.
0: All right, we got to get to. We got to get some more stuff here, including Cincinnati at Cleveland. We need some Thursday night theme music. We have this Thursday. No, I can't. <laughs> it's such a silly song. Um, Sounds
1: like this should be like the
0: WKRP theme song. Yeah. All right, everybody, it's time to preview Thursday night football here with Peach, nope. With Peach Sweaty. How nope. about? Thursday night football. Nope. Uh, all right. Yeah, I, I need more music. I get, get, got to get more stuff. Got to get more stuff. Uh, I, got,
2: I, got you. I got you covered. Uh, oh, yeah? na 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 nah. Nah,
0: It's Thursday night football. Okay. Cincinnati at Cleveland. You know, Joe Mixon, in two games against Cleveland last year, had 49 carries. Not per game, but in those two games. He rushed for more than 140 yards both times. He scored three rushing touchdowns in those two games. Baker Mayfield threw three touchdowns in Week 17, but he also threw five interceptions in the two games against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you have a lot of players kind of similar in your rankings. Which quarterback do you like better in this game, Burrow or Mayfield, and are either of them starters?
2: Neither are starters. I will take Burrow ahead of Baker.
0: I'll start Burrow in a two-quarterback league. All right. Um, okay, so talk to me about the running backs. Who's your favorite running back in this game? Are all three of them starters?
1: I'm starting all three. Um, they're all in that same range of uh, high-end number two running backs, uh, mid-range number two running backs. Hunt is actually my favorite, but like this was a situation where Hunt and Chubb were pretty much splitting until it got to garbage time, and then it was just Hunt. It was actually after Chubb fumbled, but I don't think we have to worry about Chubb not getting the ball because one fumbled. They both fumbled. Um I just expect pretty close to even workload for Hunt and Chubb on the ground and more passing game work for Hunt, so I'll take Hunt. Do
0: you think Kareem Hunt is the better rest-of-season running back?
2: In full PPR, I do. I'm not ready to say that, not even in full PPR. I don't know. I I have a tough time gauging these guys because what I thought would happen is – Seemingly happening. They both... I think Hunt played one more snap than Chubb. And maybe that was because of all the work he did late in the game when it was meaningless. But I I still see this team... I still see Chubb as a slightly more useful running back for the Browns outside of garbage time and the two-minute drill. And uh, I I struggle with it. I, I think that they could both have a really good game. But I don't know if it's I don't know their rhyme or reason for using them yet or how they go about using them yet. And it 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 forces me to keep them in this number two running back range, which is where they both are. And because I'm not quite certain just how many carries and how many touches there will be for them, I put Mixon ahead of them. Even though I for now I don't love it, but it's probably gonna be the way that I leave it. Mixon, Chubb, Hunt.
0: Love it or leave it. Yeah.
2: L- love it or list it.
0: So, <laughs> so, and, uh, like I do have
1: mixed and projected four touches. It's just I have him with 18 or 19, and I have Chubb and Hunt both with 16.
2: So it's, it's negligible then between yeah. the two. The well,
0: then, like, how confident can you be, Heath, in having Odell Beckham? I think you have him in your top 20. Everybody seems to have Beckham as a start this week.
1: I was like, I know, and then I wrote about this in the wide receiver preview. I know that Beckham was terrible on the targets he received. But I was actually pretty encouraged by the fact that he got 10 targets and just dominated everyone else in terms of team target share. He's the best wide receiver on the team, we hope, like if he's Odell Beckham still. And so I'm not going to hold his inefficiency in one week against the Baltimore freaking Ravens against him. Right. I'm, I'm going to be encouraged by the fact that he got 10 targets. I'm going to expect him to dominate targets against the Bengals. The Bengals' defense is... Not particularly good, maybe not awful, and I ex- I expect him to bounce
2: back. And you know what? He didn't look like he did last year. He looked better. He was running a lot smoother than he did last year. You could tell that he's playing injury-free right now. But I I feel uh, – Baker is the problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it feels like Baker's better chemistry with Landry than he does with Odell even though he's trying to get Odell going. I mean, th- th- an example of it, just for whatever this is, worth, garbage time, Baker had Odell free wide open running down the field for a bomb touchdown late in the game, overthrew him. Mm. Like, I- I'd-, I'd figure that a quarterback and receiver who've been together for over a year would have that play down pat.
0: All right, so let's, Whether- let's do some rankings. Let's uh, figure out who we're starting these guys over. First of all, in terms of just flexes, who's the best, you've got three running backs worth starting and three wide re- and four wide receivers that, you know, people might want to start. So, um who's the best flex just of this
2: group? I would say Hunt. I would say AJ Green.
1: He, Over yeah. Mixon?
2: Oh, no, the, who's flexing Joe Mixon?
0: No, I just mean who's the like who's the best player of these seven fantasy relevant players, three running backs, four wide receivers.
2: I think Mixon is probably the one. Okay.
0: Who's your favorite wide receiver? AJ Green. Yeah. Must start?
1: Yeah. I I would hesitate to say that just because you drafted him in the sixth or seventh round. And so if you took a couple wide receivers in the first couple of rounds, you're probably starting those guys over him. Um, Like I would start Calvin Ridley over him. I'd start Lockett and Tyreek and those guys, but he's a top 20 wide receiver.
2: Brown's secondary is in terrible shape right now. They've got Denzel Ward and a bunch of junk, Yeah, which, I mean, listen, their number two cornerback is out. Their number three cornerback is out. Their safeties aren't very good. It's going to have to take their pass rush getting to Joe Burrow, which can happen, but they're going to have to do it a lot to really slow down this offense. And like I said earlier in the show, A.J. Green looked good in week one. Yeah. Didn't look like a 30-something wide receiver who's been hobbled the last year and a half.
0: What about Jarvis Landry and Tyler Boyd? I don't want to.
2: I do with Boyd for the same reason as A.J. Green. And the nice thing about it is he actually can get those short area targets this week because he's not matched up against Chris Harris. Harris wiped him out. It, it, it's, it's crystal clear if you go back and you watch the game that Harris did a great job covering Tyler Boyd when they were locked on each other. It's, it, he's going from maybe the toughest draw for slot receivers to maybe the easiest this week. On a short week, I don't really I think know why think you're be good.
0: why you're so low on Jarvis Landry.
2: I'm not. I think he's a good flex.
0: Heath has him 48th. I think it's my be No, in PPR. I don't. Are we sure that Jarvis Landry is 100? percent I don't know. I mean, he, he no,
2: he's not. He's on the injury report.
0: Okay, but he outperformed Beckham again, just like he did all of last year. You know, he only had six targets, but he caught five of them for 61 yards, and he's Baker's guy. It seems. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. Like,
1: He was definitely much more efficient than Beckham was. But if he was Baker's guy, I would think that he would have been the one with 10 targets and Beckham would have been the one with six.
0: Well, but last year, I mean, he was he was Baker's guy. and He was Baker's red zone guy in particular. He, he was last year. Yeah, I, I don't know. All right, well, I just feel like it kind of deserves a little more respect than being 48th. But you just don't think he's health? Is that the health thing? It's mostly the health thing okay. for me. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. That works. All right. So let's do this. James Robinson, Benny Snell, Naeem Hines, uh, Malcolm Brown. uh, Who am I forgetting? Josh Kelly. Like, where do they factor in with all the players we talked about? Hunt, Mixon, Chubb, Green, Beckham, Boyd, Landry.
2: The only one who comes close for me is Snell. I think Snell could be in the same conversation as Kareem Hunt, especially in non-PPR, maybe even in PPR too. If James Conner's out, Benny Snell is going to be the main guy against a Denver defense that's traveling after playing on Monday, and the defense was on the field for over 70 snaps.
0: Yeah, we he's, unfortunately, he's, we won't know about Conner probably by Thursday.
2: Well, listen, if Conner doesn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday, I think that that's a pretty good sign, and I'd feel a little optimistic about going with Snell over Hunt. Mm-hmm. What about James Robinson? I would Robinson?
1: start Hines over Boyd and Landry for sure, and he's right in the same range in flex discussions as uh, Beckham.
0: What about James Robinson?
1: Non-PPR, I would start him over. Boyd and Landry, PPR, he's behind all of these guys.
0: Okay. All right. So, let's uh, move on. I was going to get some risers and fallers from you, but I really want to read emails and get to some Apple Podcast questions because we pretty much never let's do, do that. that. Let's um, do that. Okay. All right, cool. Let's do... Uh, let's do yeah, all right, let's go to emails. I'll save some stuff for tomorrow. Talk about some players who have good schedules and bad schedules. Uh emails from Theo. I was offered Saquon Barkley for Josh Jacobs straight up in a PPR league. Who would you rather have? Saquon or Jacobs?
2: Saquon, but it's very close. Yeah, Saquon.
0: From Matthew, give up Chris Carson. Get Odell Beckham. Grade the trade.
2: Hmm. I think I'd rather have Carson.
0: C minus. I mean yeah C is average so C minus is the way of saying I think I hmm I think I'd rather have Carson uh this is from David Flint I drafted Kamara and Murray in my full PPR league this year I'm yeah. wondering what you think about starting both Kamara and Murray um once the Saints were on top Kamara was gone and Murray took over yeah Murray had 15 carries Kamara had 12. uh what do you think can can we start both guys in the Saints backfield
2: You could, I would prefer to do it when the matchup is really, really favorable, like maybe against the Raiders. I think that would qualify, especially with no Michael Thomas there. You could get away with it this week if you don't have a better running back to start ahead of Murray. Uh, This is from... Plus, it's a revenge game for Latavius
0: Oh, right, yeah. Scuba Steve from New Jersey. I currently have Benny Snell on my bench. The team with James Conner has Joshua Kelly.
2: Would you swap
0: no. them straight up? Give up no. Snell for... No.
2: No. Snell's worth more than Kelly.
0: Yeah, just... Uh, man. Dave's probably
1: right. If James Conner practices tomorrow, then Kelly's worth more than Snell, in my opinion.
0: Yeah.
2: If he practices in full, and there's just super optimism. And Tomlin says, yeah, we're going right back to Conner. Dude, Conner didn't look good. It's it's so frustrating. He didn't look good, and Snell looked great. Like, what yeah, are the Steelers did supposed to do? They're supposed to ignore that? Well, the problem What was would Bruce Arians do?
0: James Conner, James Conner faced a great run defense, and Benny Snell faced that great run defense after James Conner had, like, softened them up. You know, like when you open a can, like somebody's trying to open a can for, like, three minutes, and they can't do it, and then you come in, and you pop it open, and they're like, well, I started it for you. Open a can? Well, you know, like, like, a, you? Jar, like a jar. Like Only- a jar, a jar, a like, jar. It's, oh, like, okay. really
2: hard to open. You know, and If Bruce Aarons were the coach of the Steelers, he would have already cut James Conner by now.
1: He would have told us that Benny Snell is starting week two and then
2: James Conner would get 20 touches. <laughs> no, he, he he would say James Conner <laughs> is starting week two and then Benny Snell would get 20 touches.
0: Uh, this is from Waleed in a southwest suburb of Chicago. Uh, Tinley Park. Dear Billy, Huey, Frenchy, and M.M. This is the boys. The boys. Never heard of it. Adam mentioned his draft philosophy regarding Duke Johnson versus Noah Fant. And for those of you who didn't hear that, I dropped Noah Fant for Duke Johnson before the season started because I had Mark Andrews and I wanted some running back depth, and now I hate myself. Um, Waleed says, I changed my strategy this year for late picks in my draft and will continue to do so for these first few waiver wires. Ignore handcuffs and go for players who you'll immediately find out if they're worth owning. A rostering after the first two to four weeks i will start handcuffing and playing for lottery tickets but every year we have multiple players break out seemingly out of nowhere i'd rather find those guys than hope for an injury what are your thoughts
2: I, I was doing that this year with my late round picks in all of the mock drafts we were doing that's how i ended up with two quarterbacks and two tight ends sometimes three quarterbacks on some of the teams that that we were drafting i at it, it's the double digit rounds you should already have most if not all of your starters by then just draft good players, players who you think can start the season off hot that you can potentially flip.
0: Yeah, well, I'll get Heath's take, but I, I replied to Waleed because he was talking about a 10-team league, and what I said was in a 10-team league, that's much easier to do. In a 12-team league, all of those handcuffs are going to be rostered. They're going to be drafted because we're, sure. we obsess over them now and i never really fully bought into that you know why because look at how many tweets i got this week and how many emails we got hey should i drop chase Edmonds for malcolm brown hey should i drop uh, tony pollard should i drop boston scott that's what i that's what i'm trying to talk about the entire freaking offseason you draft all these handcuffs and and you know and and they're going to be great they're lottery tickets you are going to have to cut them if the starting running back doesn't get hurt in the first 3 or 4 weeks of the season you sit there and try holding on to Tony Pollard or Chase Edmonds, who, yes, he caught a touchdown, but if he didn't catch that touchdown, his workload is a big concern. So, I, I mean, that it's a, it's a high risk, high reward strategy. But I think in reality, a lot of those guys are getting dropped. So, I do think you roster two or three tight, two or three quarterbacks, at two tight ends, and you try to hit that guy who breaks out. Ah, I think this is a great point and a good email, Heath. What do you think?
2: Well, oh, go ahead, Heath.
1: No, that's fine. Yeah. Um, you are probably going to end up dropping handcuffs. I I think I've said that before. I agree with it.
2: But for every two or three Chase Edmonds and Tony Pollards, there's a Benny Snell or a Malcolm Brown.
1: Well, Malcolm Brown wasn't a handcuff. Or a nine, he was eight, a week behind. one starter.
2: He was still a late-round pick. It, he was going after a lot of the handcuffs. Right. People was, were taking Malcolm Brown because... Right. It was uh, Heath. The reason why you were taking Malcolm Brown in, in all the mocks we did, and you were taking more than anybody was because you knew that he was starting week one and let's just see what happens. Well, now look what's happened and look what's happened in Pittsburgh and look what's happened in Indianapolis. So th- there are cases to be made for other handcuffs and it's just a matter of time for, well, it's not a matter of time, but it's, the whole idea is you draft the handcuff hoping that they come into play at some point as an emerging star in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, this kind of goes... Look, I, I said that I took a lot of two tight ends and a lot of two quarterbacks in some of the mocks that we did. I still drafted a lot of running backs as well. The position I didn't draft a lot of for my bench was wide receiver. And now look at the wide receivers that were available on the waiver wire after just one week. The, the, we could list off five names of guys that are great bench wide receivers for now. And if I wanted to, if I was so inclined, I can drop Latavius Murray in a league where I don't have Alvin Kamara and pick up. The, uh, in the There's a league where I had to do something like that because I had Michael Thomas. Who do you
0: think Dave said that Dave's Internet's you know, like we're all working from home and things aren't great. Dave said so Dave's Internet's been a little spotted today, Heath. So <laughs> which player do you think he said when his Internet
2: cut out just there? What? I said like 10 names.
1: Uh, I would think he said Paris
2: Campbell.
0: Okay. Yeah, maybe. Nope. No, I didn't, I didn't say, say Paris once. Campbell. Okay. All right. Let's Let's uh, let's move on to this one. A gray the trade from. Uh, Should I say Ryan. my
2: little diatribe again?
0: No. Uh, Ryan In says. In the beginning, there was the sun. <laughs> Dear Joe, Steve, and Alex. Oh, I don't know. It's two members of Aerosmith and Alex Smith. Gray the trade. Give up Miles Sanders and Kenny Galladay. Get Zeke and A.J. Green. Miles Sanders and Galladay for Zeke and A.J. Green. Half BPR. (laughs) I love it. B plus. B plus or D plus?
2: B as in boy. Okay. A. It's a win if you're getting Ezekiel Elliott. Brendan from
0: Buffalo. Uh, Yeah, but you know what? Like If Galladay and Sanders play in week two, I would have given this trade uh, probably a C minus or a D plus. Preseason before the injuries. Well, they are injured now, though. <laughs> they are. They are. It's true. Good point. Brendan from Buffalo, full PPR. Give up Benny Snell and Kareem Hunt, get Terry McLovin.
2: As and dog. Too much for McLaurin, you think? That's what I'm thinking.
1: I would rather have Kareem Hunt than Terry McLaurin.
2: Oh, by himself. I would not. I would rather McLaurin than Hunt, but I think Hunt with Snell is more than what McLaurin is valued at.
0: Uh, Kareem Hunt is our best running back right now on the crappiest 10-team podcast league team you've ever seen. Uh, Josh from Richmond, Virginia. Dear Andy, Jim, Jim, Dwight, and Michael. We know them. They're from the office. Uh, He's got uh, 12-team PPR league. Who should I start in my RB2 spot moving forward? Ronald Jones, Naeem Hines, or J.K. Dobbins?
2: It's Heinz for now, but eventually it'll be Dobbins. Heinz. All
0: right, here's some, some Apple Podcast questions. Excuse me. Joe from God's Country. Should I trade JK Dobbins for Naeem Hines? <laughs>
2: About that. No. I'd rather I'd rather have Dobbins long term.
1: I'd much rather have Dobbins on my bench. If you were like had a running back room like Adam and I do, then you might have to consider it. <laughs>
0: John from Titletown. Grade the trade PPR. Ronald Jones and Alan Lazard for Leonard Fournette and Miko Hardman. Jones and Lazard for Fournette and
2: Hardman. C minus. I think Fournette will eventually be the guy in Tampa. From Price Baby
0: 12. Grade the trade and PPR. Give Melvin Gordon and DK Metcalf get Chris Carson and Will Fuller. Melvin Gordon and DK Metcalf for Carson and Fuller. That's interesting. C plus. I
2: think it's pretty even. There might be a yeah. slight edge toward the Melvin DK side.
0: And from I swear I'm not bandwagon, dear Mark, Jekalen, Justice, and Gus.
2: Those are Jekalin. Baltimore Ravens running backs. Did not know
0: that the JK was jacalyn Okay. Jekalin. Yeah. Who do you prefer the rest of the year, Ronald Jones or Zach Moss? Moss. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so boss wins. I wanted to know, what did you guys think of Daniel Jones and Drew Locke? We didn't really talk about them. We'll finish on this.
2: Jones had spurts where he looked great and then he'd do something stupid. Which so he looked like Daniel Jones. <laughs> he he looked like a typical second-year quarterback.
0: Jameis Jones. Let's get
1: that trending. Mean, he's not as good as Jameis. But- oh, shut up. I'm serious. He's not even close to as
0: good as Jameis.
1: He's not even as talented as he Jameis. He doesn't have so, as strong of an arm as Jameis. I
0: don't agree. I think he's terrifically like, talented. He's but he's, he's more athletic than Jameis. That's I think a positive. He's, I, think he's, I think he's a great passer.
2: Like, I'd rather have Daniel Jones and Jameis pass. on my team right now.
1: I'd much rather have Jameis on my team.
0: On your
2: NFL oh, team? Goodness. I'd rather, I'd rather oh, yes. have Daniel Jones.
0: Um, but I mean I get look, I call him Jameis Jones for a reason. I suppose it's a pretty, pretty apt. <laughs> Uh, I mean, comparison like, debate.
1: I know there's hope for Daniel Jones, but as bad as Jameis Winston was last year, I, Daniel Jones is probably never going to have as good a year as Jameis had last year
0: as good. I wouldn't use the word good as, as, uh, as productive. many passing yards productive again, like 30 interceptions, a lot of pick sixes and it got his way to becoming pick a backup quarterback. Are,
1: okay. We don't get to double count the interceptions as no, this. We many do interceptions pick sixes. This many pick sixes. Pick sixes
0: are worse. Like Aaron Rodgers almost never throws pick sixes. They they are horrible plays, um, and they count for more than regular interceptions. I mean, they're not necessarily That's, fluky uh, when you do it that often. It, it I think wasn't there's, that often.
1: Like it was a lot in one season, but yeah. it was still a really rare event. Less than one percent of his
0: past. It wasn't really a productive season. I don't think for James, we just threw a lot. It was a it was a pretty bad season, I'd say. In, t- in terms of quarterback play. Okay. No? Would well, you don't th- you don't agree?
1: I it was like I think it was still probably better than any season Daniel Jones is going to have.
0: I hope you're wrong, but you could be right. Uh like Daniel like Daniel Jones like really makes some great throws. But he does. Gosh, he and so so and does. he makes terrible. He was also pressured on more dropbacks than any quarterback in week one, by the way. Which I think is partially the line, but possibly Mostly the Steelers. Largely the Steelers. We're losing Dave with our Giants talk. No, we're talking about quarterbacks. Where did he go?
1: Bye, Dave. He, what about he fell, what about Drew Lock? He wasn't bad. Nothing. Like it's hard to judge Drew Locke without his number one bad? wide receiver against a very good defense. But it wasn't particularly encouraging, I didn't
0: think. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right, you're right. It's a good good way of saying it. Okay, um, I needed to promote a few things and I completely forgot. So send us in your Apple podcast questions. We will be answering them on our Saturday mailbag show. Make sure you get them, like submit them on for, on Thursday. So we see them by Friday. We record the show on Friday. It airs on Saturday. But get your questions in earlier in the week. And the U.S. Open is here. The First Cut Golf Podcast has you covered for the second major of the year. The First Cut crew is coming at you with two preview episodes full of picks and DFS analysis, plus round-by-round recaps after every day of action at Wingfoot. Foot. The First Cut Golf Podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. So go download and subscribe today. All right, we're out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks a lot for listening. Why did you leave, Dave? We'll have to talk about that after the show. I'm very disappointed, didn't you? Um, talk to you tomorrow. No, not the first time. Starter sit.
2: Uh, Later. Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.